The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Cardboard Cave. This is uh, another solo episode from the cave with just yours truly, Trevor. I promise I'm going to get the more interesting people back on eventually. My wife, Anna, and my friend Johnny, who was on for one episode. I had a lot of fun doing that, but you know what? In these times of pandemic, even here in the cave, we uh, were definitely affected by this. And You know, it's kind of hard to do a podcast. It's all about board games when it's hard to get together with people to play board games but you know i'm finding a way um i guess mostly i've been talking about games me and my wife have been playing um but uh johnny and i have got together and we played uh back to the future cooperative board game and i'm hoping to play that with him one more time uh, and it's a game my wife and i played several times and i'm hoping that'll be the next episode and we'll have another you know, a fun episode with, with all of us on it, but it's just me today. And you know what? This is an episode that's coming out because, uh, because of a game that I've had for years, but my love has been rekindled for it. Um, it's a game that stands out amongst all the games in my collection for several reasons. Um, good or bad, good and bad. Maybe we'll find out. And this episode is just going to be an introduction. It's going to be a shorter episode. An introduction to The Lord of the Rings, The Card Game. Now, The Lord of the Rings, The Card Game is... It's it's technically a one-to-two-player game, although it's very possible to play with up to four. But sort of the initial design is, is focused on one or two players. Um, and it's probably a good time to be maybe thinking about a game like this because one to two players might actually work out pretty well in times like these when you might not have anybody to play with. Um, and this is a game that's definitely played solo by a lot of people. Um, I think two player, I think is... Maybe the preferred way to play, but it's also extremely popular as a solo game. And honestly, I'd say it's it's one of the few games I can think of where it's about 50-50, it seems like. People that play with two players and people that play solo. And, and it's just one of those games that it's uh, it's great that it works solo, and you also look forward to times when you can play with two. Um, so, that being said, I wanted to do a shorter introductory episode of this game, because this game is big in multiple ways. Um, it's big on my shelf, and it's just big in general. And and I feel like it, it deserved an introductory episode now, so you can see if this is something you might be interested in at all. Um, and then later on, as I dig back into this game, I plan to do more episodes, maybe multiple 
episodes, honestly, because this is one of those games that, if you're into it, can just give a lot. Give a lot of content. And if this doesn't sound interesting to you at all from this introductory episode, you know not to even check out those future episodes. I mean, honestly, I don't want you listening to something if you're not interested. It's, <laughs> this show's never going to be about download numbers. It's just uh, not that kind of show. So, when... And then I'll just start right up front. I'm not going to pull your chain. If you aren't really that interested in the Lord of the Rings, whether it's the books, the movies, the lore, just all of it, if you're just really not very interested, you can probably skip this game. You know, go on to listen to the episode if you want to, but um, for the amount that this game asks of you, I think you're going to find other games that that ask less, maybe, um, and please you more if you don't care about the Lord of the Rings. And that is not because it's not a good game even apart from the theme. It's because this game is so tied to the theme that I think if you love the theme, you're going to be more than willing to put up with some of the things it asks of you. And I'll get to that. So if you just don't care about the Lord of the Rings at all, I, I would recommend looking elsewhere. But we'll get into reasons uh, why you might want to check this game out. And I'll go ahead and say up front, if this game hooks you, it might hook you deep. So what is the Lord of the Rings, the card game? And I want to be clear, it is that is the name of the game because if you just look for Lord of the Rings, you know, on Board Game Geek or, or just online in general, there's certainly other Lord of the Rings board games. Um, this one is sort of the Lord of the Rings game that people talk about when they talk about Lord of the Rings in addition to one other totally separate game. There's the Lord of the Rings, the card game, which is what I'm talking about. And then there's the War of the Ring. Now, the War of the Ring is a very different beast. Um, it's got a huge board. It's what you would call a dudes on a map game. Think Risk, but way bigger, way more strategic. According to gamers, way, way better. War of the Ring is a multi-hour. It's, again, mostly a two-player game. And it's definitely not a solo game. I can't imagine... I'm sure people made solo rules for it. In fact, I know they have, but it's mostly a one versus one game where one side's taking the the forces of good and the other is the forces of evil. And the actual journey of the ring plays a huge part in it. And it's supposed to be, and this is going on what I've heard because I've not played this game and I would love to, but it's it's supposed to just really capture the feel, the epic feel of the Lord of the Rings. It's very much a, a war game. I mean, hence the name War of, war of the Ring. Um, uh, you know, battling it out for probably multiple hours with a lot of strategy, a lot of tactics. Just a whole lot going on. Um, this game I'm going to be talking about, again, it, it does also ask quite a bit of the player. But it's not quite... The difference is the War of the Ring is a massive board game that you probably play once or twice a year at a gathering where you set aside a whole day to play this game and it's just an event. And that sounds absolutely amazing to me, but that's the only, only reason I haven't gotten it is I wonder if I would actually get it played. Man, I want it though. I want it so much. Um, but this is a different game. The Lord of the Rings, the card game is a game that if you commit to it and if you learn it and learn its systems, you could definitely pop this game out on a work night, you know, I mean, win or more likely fail a mission, a quest, in no time at all. So, 
the Lord of the Rings, the card game, is just cards. There's no board. Um, I generally prefer board games to just cards. I don't know. It's just me. However, I'll go ahead and say one of the things that drew me to this game is it feels like a board game. <laughs> it, it, it does not feel like you're playing a typical. I can't speak tonight. A typical card game. It feels like a board game. There's just art everywhere. I mean, obviously on every card. Um, like I said, this is not going to be a full review of the game. This is more of an introduction, but I want to whet your appetite so you know if this might be worth it. Because I'm going to give you some reasons why you might want to consider not pursuing this game. But one of the reasons you might want to pursue this game, the number one reason is if you love the Lord of the Rings theme, I have not personally played a Lord of the Rings game, and I have played several different ones. I've not personally played one that even comes close to capturing the, I'm going to say the feeling, the feeling of the Lord of the Rings, the way this game does. Now this is, it's called a living card game. Um, and it can be a little intimidating when you see this, uh, if you look this game up. There is a seemingly countless number of expansions for this game. It can be extremely overwhelming, and I'll be honest with you, if, if I just now was founding, finding out about it, I don't know if I would, I think I might be really intimidated. Because I am not, a, I am not attracted to the collectible card game um, model, where you don't know what you're going to get, you know, you, you buy a pack of cards, you don't know what you're going to have. This is not that. It's called a living card game, which is a, you know, it's a marketing ploy. You know, Fantasy Flight Games, they have multiple living card games. I know there's an Arkham Horror-based one. Uh, there's a Star Wars one, which I'm not sure if it's still going on. Um, Android Netrunner. Anyways, and then Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is different from all those um, in that it's a cooperative game. Whether you're playing solo or two players, it is not a competitive game. So... It's not a collectible game to begin with, but even if it were, it's unique in the fact that you're not trying to get the special cards so you can defeat an opponent. You're just trying to beat the game. But it is a living card game, meaning it's still alive. It's been around since 2011, and they're still releasing new content for it, which is awesome because you're never going to run out of quests and, and new ways to tweak your deck and build your deck. But it can be really overwhelming if you're just getting into it. The good news is you don't need, not only do you not need, frankly, it's it's impractical unless you're just independently wealthy. It is impractical to try to get everything for this game. Trust me, I've thought about it and I've crunched the numbers. And I would love to have everything because I have this weird completionist mentality. But I'm trying to not think that way with this game and just pick the things that interest me most because there is so much... This is not like your average, even your mega successful game like a Pandemic, you know, might have half a dozen different expansions. Or Terraforming Mars, I think, has maybe five expansions, at least four. That's a lot of expansions for a single game, but this is different. This is something that they plan to just keep releasing content for, I guess, as long as people are buying it. So, the the things they released for this way back in 2011, 2012... They still come back in print. Now, everything's not in print at the same time necessarily, but it sells out and then it cycles back in and they bring it back in print. So it's, you can still, if you're patient, you can still buy absolutely everything that came out for this game. Um, but 
what is it? If you if you go online to order it, or if you actually have a board game store that's open right now during these times, what are you going to buy? Well, it's just a box that says the Lord of the Rings, the card game. And this is the core game box. This is the box you need for everything. It's going to have enough cards in it to play the game. It has three quests in it. Like I said, every game you play this is just trying to beat the game. And each quest is unique, which was just one of the awesome things about the game. And your your initial box, your core box, is going to have three quests in it and enough cards for two players to play the game. Now, that's a true statement. But if you love the game, I think it's fair to say very few people are just going to stick to that one core box. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty, but just to have a really good starting assortment of cards, a lot of people, myself included, buy another box, another core box. Um, It's not that you need all those pieces that the game comes with, because the game comes with some components besides cards. You don't need all that, but there's some cards the game comes with that it only includes one copy of in the in the game, yet you're allowed to have up to three copies of each card in your deck, um, except for their unique cards. Like, you can only have one card that is specifically the character Aragorn, you know, specifically the character um, uh, Eowyn or whatever. But most of the cards, you can have multiple copies in your deck, so, there's some really strong cards in this core deck. So, long story short, if you really love the game, just to get better at the quest, which, spoiler alert, are insanely difficult, um, you're probably going to buy a second core box pretty soon. And then, after that point, you just have... Well, the world is your oyster. There's just so many expansions. Um, and I don't know how much to get to the nitty gritty of this. Um, this isn't necessarily a buyer's guide video, but at the same time, if I'm introducing some of you to this game, and I do think it's a wonderful game, so I'm, I hate to get bogged down in the nitty gritty because I do think it's wonderful, but some of this nitty gritty is going to tell you if, if this is just too much for you or if you're willing to give it a shot. Um, just to be broad about it. You have the core box. Like I said, a lot of people buy two of them. You could even buy three if you want to absolutely have three of every card. I don't think that's necessary. I think two of the core box. And the core box, thankfully, is only going to run you about 35 bucks. You're going to have everything you need in it to play the game. And my recommendation is just buy the one core box. Learn it. If you just don't think it's for you, then you're only out 30, 35 bucks. If you think you're going to like it, but the game is whooping your butt, because even those first initial quests are pretty tough. In fact, one of them that comes in the core box. The first one is pretty easy once you know what you're doing. But see, either the second or the third one, or maybe both, that I just remember just whoop up on you. It's just so hard. And here, here's another point. If what I'm about to say appeals to you, I think you're going to love this game. If it scares you, then stay away. The Lord of the Rings, the card game, could be called Dark Souls, the board game. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure there is a Dark Souls board game now. But that that PlayStation 2 classic, there's Dark Souls, Demon Souls. There are notoriously hard games that just punish you, but they're also addicting. And you just want to come back and see if you can do better next time. That's what this is. The game is that hard at times. 
to the point that it just feels bleak and like you're totally don't have a chance. But when you pull it off, it's just so satisfying. So what you're going to see if you go in the store is just the Lord of the Rings, the card game, the box. You're going to spend 30, 35 bucks on it. I think the retail is 39.99. It's pretty reasonable. If you absolutely think you're going to love it, you might get a second core box. You don't have to, but there are some really good cards in that initial box. So you might do that just to get those duplicates of those cards to, to build better decks. And then from there, there's basically two different things. They call them deluxe expansions, which is basically a box that retails for 30 bucks. You can find it a few bucks cheaper than that usually. That has three new quests in it. So three brand new quests to tackle solo or cooperatively. Plus, they're called player cards, which is your cards. Because, without getting into the nitty-gritty, the Lord of the Rings, the card game, is a deck-building game, but it's not a deck-building game like Dominion. It's a game where you build your deck before you even play the game. Like Magic the Gathering, but I'm not speaking as someone... I've played Magic the Gathering a handful of times in my whole life. I couldn't tell you how to play it now. Because, again, I'm just not into the collectible card game thing. The only reason I put up with this is because you know what you're buying when you buy an expansion. There's no surprises. I don't know if I said that earlier, but when you buy an expansion for this game, you know exactly what you're getting. And you're getting the same thing that Jim Bob down the road is getting when he buys the expansion. So it's not a collectible card game. It's It can still be a money pit, but only if you choose... Because you want more of the game, and you want more of the game. You want new quests. You want better player cards. But because it's cooperative, you're not competing against anyone. And because you know exactly what you're getting, it doesn't feel devious to me. It doesn't feel like a scheme. It's just, know that there's so much of it out there that you could just just spend a lot of money if you wanted to. But, so yeah, anyways, you've got these deluxe expansions that give you three quests, plus new player cards. And then each of those deluxe expansions have what they call a cycle. Um, for example, I have the, and I'm probably saying this wrong, um, the drawer, uh, the Cause of Doom, the Cause of Doom expansion, which was the first deluxe expansion. And then it's the Drorodelf cycle. Drorodelf, I know I'm saying that wrong. And these are called adventure packs. So there's six adventure packs in this cycle that follows the drawer, de- <laughs> getting tongue tied, that follows the Cause of Doom expansion. Um, and so every time you have one of these deluxe expansions, you got six adventure packs, which are basically 60 cards that have one new quest plus a lot of player cards um, in the in the box, just a little box. They retail for 15 bucks. Um, and you don't even have to buy all the adventure packs that go with the the expansion. Um, you can pick and choose. But those six adventure packs are made to go with the deluxe expansion that preceded it. Um, not to further complicate it, but actually the very first cycle, it's called the Mirkwood cycle, of six adventure packs actually don't even have a deluxe expansion because they go directly with the base game, the core game. Um, so you got the core game, then the Mirkwood cycle of six adventure packs. Then you got the Cause of Doom deluxe expansion, and then the six adventure packs that go along with it. And so on and so on. The thing is, they released... I don't even know how many. I don't even know how many. Um, 
a lot of these deluxe expansions and then the six adventure packs that go along with it. At this point, there are thousands upon thousands of cards, of possible cards, um, in the Lord of the Rings, the card game. Yes, it's overwhelming. No, you do not need, even remotely, even close to all of that. Um, let me tell you what I have, which is kind of, it's a ridiculous amount of content. And one reason I wanted to go ahead and do this introductory episode is I have spent more, yeah, I've spent more money on this board game than I have any other single game. Which isn't almost fair because it's almost not a single game. It is a game system, almost. It's a living game, to use the marketing jargon. Um, but I have uh, three of the core boxes. <clears throat> Again, two is all you need if you're not insane. I did buy one of them used, but still. So I have multiple of the core boxes just so I can have those good starting cards and have three of the best ones in my deck. Then... I have the Mirkwood cycle, which was just the first cycle. And people say it's not even the best now, but it's just it was the first, so I got it. So basically that's six adventure packs. And then the Cause of Doom expansion was which is the first deluxe expansion. And then I have the six adventure packs that go along with that. And then from that point, there are multiple, multiple, multiple other deluxe packs, and then the six adventure packs that go along with it. But I kind of stopped there, at least for now, and I started getting what they call the Saga Expansions. The Saga Expansions are just like the Deluxe Expansions, except they follow the events of the books directly. Um, because the rest of the game, everything I've described so far, it is mu- very much within the world that Tolkien created. But it is not directly the events covered in the books, necessarily. It's that may sound bad to you, but it works so well. They pull the theme of the Lord of the Rings so well with plenty of characters you recognize and places you recognize and events and stories that are either directly inspired by or directly from the writings of Tolkien or sometimes just adjacent to. Like It it feels like it makes sense. And so it works so well. But if you want to directly follow the events of the books. There's these saga expansions. There are two for The Hobbit. There's basically two per book. Two for The Hobbit. There's two for The Fellowship of the Ring. Two for The Two Towers. And then The Return of the King. For example, um, The Black Riders and The uh, Road Darkens. Those are the two that go along with The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, just to give you an idea. Um, and those don't have any adventure packs that go with them. It's just the these deluxe expansions. And that alone, if you just get that, there's eight of them. Because <laughs> there's two for The Hobbit and the two for each Lord of the Rings part. So that's eight of these deluxe expansions. That alone is more than most people would ever spend on a single game. But it is so much content. There's so many hours of content there. And I'm not even saying that's the best way to do it. I'm just saying that's what I did. Um, because I just, I love the books in the, in the movies so much that I wanted to follow the stories. <sighs> the thing is, it's really up to you, but I, I don't want to go too much more into it except to say, this is just supposed to be an introductory. If everything I said seems overwhelming, it is a bit overwhelming. 
So that's why I say you need to be kind of committed to the theme before you're really going to enjoy this game. The rule book is well made. But for me, as someone who's used to playing these Euro games that are pretty, can be pretty complex, but are also pretty straightforward. Like there's not a lot of exceptions to rules. There's not a lot of keywords to learn. The Lord of the Rings, the card game was a bit of a, bit of a journey to learn it, to be honest with you. Um, the thing is, I, I do think it's worth it. I do think it's worth it, but just know that. Um, if somebody like me who doesn't have any background really in, in collectible card games like Magic the Gathering, it was a bit of a journey to learn this game. Um, and it's very much its own unique game. It is, it's as much of a puzzle as anything. Because you get these quests and you're reacting to what these quests are doing. And it's beating you over the head and you're losing badly. And then you go and you look at the cards you have to choose from which is going to depend on how many expansions you bought, quite honestly. And you make another deck. A 50-card deck is the, uh, the I guess you would say, the tournament size. Um, you can make smaller decks if you want to. In fact, the base game gives you a starting deck of 36 just to try it out. Um, but you can make 50-card decks even with the just the core box. And you try another deck. And like, you know what? I was really getting tripped up on this one type of enemy in this particular quest. So I'm going to build a deck specifically to take down this type of enemy. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, and I'm not, and I'll get into the quest and how those work on a future episode. Um, when I really dig deep into this game, but just know that actually playing it, it's not like, um, it's not like a battle game. There are a lot of battles. You're taking down these enemies that, that come from the quest, but it's more of a, it gives you the feeling of a journey. It really does. And, and I think the best part about this game, besides the fact that it's Lord of the Rings, besides the fact that the artwork evokes Lord of the Rings so well, the art is so good in this. I think the best part about it is actually that the game can feel completely different depending on the quest. The the and The quest are just a few cards that give you some basic setup information and story. You know, for example, it might tell you you're going down the Anduin River and there's orcs on the side of the river and you're trying to get to the shore to do X, Y, Z. And as you progress, different enemies come up that make sense with this. Um, it's called an encounter deck that goes along with the quest. So there's different enemies that will only show up on certain quests. Certain things that can happen to you, uh, treacheries they're called. There's locations that pop up that aren't enemies. They're just locations looming in the horizon that you have to visit, basically, to progress further. And it is so thematic. It's impossible to explain in words why it's so thematic. But there's certain things that happen in these quests, and I certainly won't spoil any specifics. But there's certain things that happen in these quests that are just so cool and so thematic to the Lord of the Rings. And... I kind of hate that it's so overwhelming because there's just so much of it. So what I'm going to recommend right now is if if you've not been scared away by my rambling, um, check out the Lord of the Rings, the card game. Just buy the box. It's it's like I said, 35 bucks, give or take. As long as you're up for reading through a rule book and, and figuring it out, that's not the easiest rule book to get through, but it's very possible, very possible. 
As long as you're up for that. There's more than $35 worth of content in that starter box, the core box. And if you don't like it, you're not out of a lot of money. If you do like it, you could be out of a lot of money <laughs> pretty soon. But the thing is, you don't have to be. It is a fair model, the way this game is sold, because you know what you're getting. I've chosen to buy the the Saga expansions that follow the events of the books pretty much directly. Um, but I'm also itching. Uh, not that I've, I've barely touched these boxes. To be honest with you, just the three quests that come in the core box have kept me busy when I was really playing the game. Like I said, I'm just now about to dive back into it. Something lit lit the fire under me to dive back into this game. I don't remember what it was. Probably just thinking about the Lord of the Rings, honestly. Um, but I'm kind of itching to try some of the expansions that aren't the ones that follow the books directly, but I don't need to. Honestly, with the expansions I have here, I have years worth of, of fun if I, if I want to dig into it. Um, but just know that there's a ridiculous amount of content, and unless you're just either totally obsessive or rich, you probably shouldn't try to get it all. You should pick and choose what sounds the most interesting to you. If you want to follow the books directly, then get some of those. Um, if, if, for example, there's a expansion called Grey Havens that is all about sailing and it has a mechanic where you're actually getting on ships and sailing, it's totally different from anything else in the game. But if that sounds just interesting to you, then get that. But don't start with those. Most of those quests are very hard if you're just starting out. Just start with the core box. If you love it, buy a second core box and beef up those decks and work on building those decks. Maybe start getting some adventure packs to throw some more player cards in for yourself. Um, and then just maybe you'll figure out from there where you want to go. But just know that it is one of the most thematic games I've ever played. It's easily the most thematic Lord of the Rings game I've ever played. And I would dare argue that I think the only one I can even imagine could compete thematically would be the War of the Ring, that big massive war game I mentioned which I've not played, but I've just heard good things about it. But if you love, and I mean love the Lord of the Rings, and you sound up for this challenge, it is such a rewarding game. And I'm looking forward to digging back in and digging in deeper. And especially in this time of COVID, when solo gaming is getting more and more appealing, you might be hearing more episodes about this. And it might be so that some of you just tune out on those episodes, and that's fine. But if you want to follow along with me, um, I hope some of you will check out the Lord of the Rings, the card game. And uh, if you want to comment about it, follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. They're both Cardboard Cave. The f- I'm not good at social media, I'll be honest. The, the Facebook page has very few followers. But, hey, I'm still on there. If you post anything, I'll certainly see it. And on Instagram, I try to post a little more regularly. Um, but check us out. And I'm just going to stop there for now. Um, I feel like I already got too much into the nitty gritty, but I wanted to be fair. I wanted to be fair. If I just got on here and talked about how wonderful the game is and how beautiful the art is and how it's so rich and thematic and strategic, and it is all those things, I promise. But if I just talked about that, I didn't think it was really fair because the other side is this game is a bit of a beast. I mean, it's it's not the easiest rule book. Um it can be a lot of money if you do really get into it. But I do think you're rewarded. I think you get what you pay for it. So, there it is. Y'all take care. Um, we'll be back for a more traditional episode next time. And 
hope you have a great day.